and welcome to the Literatica Book Club. My name is Zoe. Uh, I've got my esteemed colleague with me here, Kaya. Say hello. Hello, friends. This week we are reviewing the web comic series called Sunstone, written by Stay Upon Sajic. Um, the story centers around two main characters, Ali and Lisa. They had a simple arrangement, just two friends who would partake in BDSM sessions together. They had all they needed, the will, the toys, and the safe word, sunstone. It means stop. Kaya, what did you think? Initial thoughts. I love this series. It's why I have been shoving it down your throat for the last, oh, I don't know, like eight years or so. Phrasing. (laughs) No, no, I'm quite happy with my phrasing. (laughs) Totally fair. I discovered this on DeviantArt, as a lot of people who've read it, I imagine, did. And then I found out that it wasn't just like this fun little thing that was like on DeviantArt, it was actually going to be published. So I was very, very happy that like the story was continuing. But I love this. I love the art. I love the comedy. I love all of it. it it's so it's so good. What did you think? I also loved it. I can totally understand now why you were trying to shove it down my throat, as you so eloquently put it. Succeeded. (laughs) You did. You rammed it in there good. I did. I'm good at that. (laughs) (laughs) She is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so beautifully written and the characters were great and it was funny. The BDSM was great. Mm -hmm. Lots learned there. (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah so there was five books in this series that we read or five comic books um in this arc in this arc yeah and the characters kind of pop up again in later arcs i think the next one is called the mercy yes it is which i've read the first one i've read part of the second one it's up on deviantart yay (laughs) Not fully up there yet, though, so, you know. And the art is just stunning. I know, right? Even the super sketchy stuff has, like, this gorgeous flow to it. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I just can't can't really stress that enough. Like, you you have to see it. Even my partner, when I was I was reading it on one of our (laughs) big screens in the room she she was reading her porn on the television (laughs) television. she connected it so she could read it on the tv (laughs) and there are some there are some stunning but very explicit uh panels in it so i'm just imagining her her partner's face as this this scrolls up to like this beautiful lesbian love affair yeah and the reaction wasn't what the shit are you reading? Like, are you actually watching porn in front of me while I'm in the no, room? Because, no, because it's your partner. He was probably like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was astounded by how gorgeous he, it was. He was just like, this is mm-hmm. amazing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's impressive to all, all involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think the story was more plot-based or character-driven? Like, how, how do you feel the story progressed uh i think it i don't know with the plot based or character driven as a as a either or i'd say you'd have to mm-hmm. go 50 50 because really yeah because the, the the plot is the story of the two characters so 
you can't have one without the other in this. Like if, if you weren't centered around our main no, I, you know, I our agree. Main characters, you won't wouldn't have a plot. Like that's the whole point of the story is their relationship, mm-hmm. their lives. So yeah, fifty okay. fifty split for me. What about you? For the same reasons, but I would say firmly character driven because the character. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah. the plot. <laughs> Yeah, and I can I can totally totally agree. Like it's all about the characters. It is a character driven story. But I suppose for me that just ties in with the plot. Like they are one and the same for me in this mm-hmm. particular story for sure. Yes. Um. And what about the the narrator? Our narrator, which is Lisa, it is. our submissive. Yes. Um. How believable did you find her to be? I found all of the characters incredibly believable. Like everything they go through, there, there's nothing that you can sit there and go, oh, I don't get that. Because like the self-doubt, the having that inner monologue where you have a full conversation with someone in your head and then you're either angry at them or you're kind of like, oh no, we've totally had that conversation. That's kind of me. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go over how I'm going to uh, talk to someone in my head before I do it so I don't screw everything up and then not have that conversation because as far as I'm concerned, it's already happened. <laughs> so I'll bring it up after and people will be looking at me going, what? Yeah, no, we never <laughs> well, that talked never about happened. it. <laughs> that was never a thing. It's like, it totally was. I don't know why you're gaslighting me, guys. Yeah, because in your head, you've had the conversation. Oh, the conversations happened. Everyone agreed with me. I came out as the smartest guy in the room. I was so happy. But no. <laughs> no shock there. <laughs> and what about you? Uh, yeah, 100% agree. Like, I wish I could fight with you more on this, but I can't. She, d- d- all the characters were so believable. I particularly mm-hmm. was fond of the self-loathing appearing as a, a you know a physical manifestation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. there's a part in one of the later books that the main character Lisa is having a conversation with her inner self-loathing, who obviously hates her, and it was great. Like just yeah. that appearing was. Oh yeah. You're like yeah. I've had those actual conversations mm-hmm. about with mm-hmm. myself about how shit I am. You know. And I love that, like, in this um, appearance, the self-loathing was like, oh, yeah, you know, you totally suck and I hate you, but I really like her. So I'm going to kind of work with you on this. (laughs) And it's just this total, again, back to the whole, everyone has had that. Everyone has had that conversation with themselves where they're like, you know, you kind of suck today. No, I don't. I, everything I did was right. No, no, you, you, you totally sucked ass today. Like, no, not cool. <laughs> or the you know? the part I broke my shite laughing at. Um, she, Lisa was getting ready for, a, I think it was their second date or something. Oh, and yeah. she, the first trip to Crimson. Crimson is the, the BDSM yes. club. Yeah, before yeah. that. So she was like getting ready and talking to herself mm-hmm. and, you know, montaging outfit changes and whatnot. And she was like, "Because you do, because you do, because that's what happens. Try- yeah, <laughs> you try on everything, you explode your wardrobe." Mm-hmm. And uh, 
yeah, so while she was doing that, she was kind of like happy out, humming to herself, being like, I'm going to get some tonight. Mm-hmm. And this period infographic pops up and be like, that's what you think. As- yeah, this little uterus. <laughs> this is a, yeah, this little uterus. It's like, oh no, maybe it was the chicken. It wasn't the fucking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it was great because we've all had those moments where we've just had that twinge mm-hmm. of, uh, oh no, <laughs> it's coming. Yes. To ruin my and day. Speaking of like the narrator, yes. How did you find the narrative style? Because it, it's a bit of a different take on it. So you don't just have this one character's POV. She's writing the story of her 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 one great love affair. With with, it's not a spoiler because you clearly see it. So spoiler, read the goddamn comic. Yeah. Um, with her wife. So she's telling this this story of her with her wife, and you have like the unreal unreliable narrator being called out at one point. Yeah, because Ali's sitting there going, "My house isn't that big. That never happened. There wasn't that many costume changes." And it's like, "Shh, shh, shh, shh." How did you find like that take on it, where it's this character's true story? that she's just retelling. I really liked it as a as a new version of telling a story. I hadn't I, I thought it was a really interesting framing device. Yeah, like. I I hadn't come across it before and I really enjoyed it. Like it wasn't just the classic like as you say like the POV style because mm-hmm. because you were having a little bit of fourth wall breaking of, you know, no that yeah. this is actually what happened and I loved that and that just made everything more realistic. And yeah. Somehow, I don't know how it managed to do this, but like you say, like we, you know what's going to happen in the end. You know she's telling the story with her wife, mm-hmm. and it doesn't change how much more you want to read it. Like for me, it doesn't take the yeah. tension away at all. I love the way. So this is one story arc broken up over five comics, and I love that each of the comics has a part of their story. Like book one is the meeting. Book two is like the growing friendship, you know, and the, oh, I really like her. Does she like me? And then book three is like the book three and four kind of taken together are very much the, the misunderstanding books. <laughs> That's a good They're way of putting great it. misunderstanding. Um, there. That's you totally understand what happened. And it's they're getting back together and. You know, book five is like the reconciliation and everyone coming together and everyone basically slapping everyone else upside the head and going, come on, you dumbass. Yeah, which I also liked because Mm -hmm. IRL, you would do that to your friends who are being that stupid. That's actually, speaking of friends, Mm -hmm. this is the first book that we've read that they're realistic friendships. That's true. Like, you have your own personal Alan. Yep. Yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think about <laughs> the that. look at her face like, oh, shit, <laughs> I do. You have your own personal Alan, you know? So it goes to show that it's not this kind of fictitious relationship, you know? And the introducing your friends to your other friends and like them hitting it off like spectacularly 
it, it's like this whole true story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is not to say and um, that I'm in any way a BDSM queen like Ali was. I have an Alan in the friend capacity. <laughs> that yeah, you do. And you're quite good friends still. Yeah. But yeah, they were they were reflections of people you knew. Like mm-hmm. there there was a there was a a character for kind of every person, every friend in in, in the group. They would and they yeah. didn't feel like, oh, this is the this is the jock or this is the whatever, you know, stereotypical no. characters. They were relatable but unique the same way. Yeah. Very, very much so. They they all kind of seemed like people that you would very realistically meet out in the street, or you're introduced to a new group of friends by a mutual friend, and you could meet these people. You know. Any themes stick out to you? Fetish. Fetish is a theme. Yeah. Fetish bondage. Unrequited love. Yeah. Uh, communication. Trust issues. Yeah. Theme- there's, there's a whole lot to unpack in these. There was, I was thinking, I was just thinking of how, like, and how it develops. Mm-hmm. The, the themes kind of, and how they impact your, your perspective of how it turns out. Like, I'm saying that one of the themes I picked out was unrequited love, right? But like, it's a theme that's present even though it's not the outcome. Yeah. yeah they're, oh, they're, it's very <clears throat> much front and center. There's a lot of, I suppose what I'm roundabout trying to get at is there's a lot of change and a lot of development mm-hmm. throughout. What did what did you find? I definitely found like the trust issues, the communication, the. Like communication is such a big uh, topic in this. Like it causes some of the biggest misunderstandings in in the book itself. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the the separation of fetish and BDSM. Yeah, I thought that was a, <clears throat> that was a really really nice spin on it because when you're reading these right you do have very very kind of stereotypical bdsm scenes and while you have your your doms and your subs what they kind of get across is you don't always have to have the hardcore bdsm because what are two doms, like the two main doms in the story, Alan and Ali? Yeah, okay. They're into a little bit of tying people up and, you know, coming up with these whole new situations. But it's the gear. They like the gear. The toys. They like the, the toys. They like the clothes. They like the, the excessiveness of it all. Yeah. Like, it's not necessary and I think, I don't know if it's Sunstone or Mercy that makes the point where a relationship is a relationship. The Everything else is just like a little bit of spice to add to it. That was in the Sunstone ones. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I really like that. I like that too. So what about the change and development that we were talking about? Like how, how did you find the characters change throughout the story? Knowing how it ends and all, like how did you find their development? Was it still as interesting? It was, it was very, very interesting because we've all been that guy. Yeah. And seeing kind of, you get an awful lot of Ali's backstory. So it's not all kind of within the present day of the story. It kind of goes back further to when Ali and Alan were together. And kind of seeing a little bit of how Ali was this in with the cool crowd kind of girl. Mm Mm-hmm even though that wasn't who she really was. Like, that's not how she felt and kind of went from having, like, this big group of friends to this smaller kind of core group of friends to just being her Mm -hmm. to slowly going back to having that slightly, you know, bigger group of friends. And it's expanding again because she's found who she is. You know, I thought Ali's development was really good. I loved Lisa's development. Yeah. Like the little stories where she's like, I mean, who hasn't wanted to tie themselves up at home when their parents weren't there? You know, and just things like that. We were like, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) You're getting like unabashed thoughts and, you know, scenarios from her. Oh, no filter. Like, I loved it. Yeah, completely unabashed thoughts and absolutely uncensored thoughts. Some of the scenes are, you know, artfully censored, but the commentary through them isn't. And I really like that. And I like the the development of kind of coming to terms with the fact that she can't really just leave this misunderstanding where it is. She fucked up. She needs to fix it you know yeah i thought that was a great um a great point for her for lisa's Mm -hmm. character like because we do we get to see her come full circle which is lovely like yeah i suppose it's across five comics but you know it doesn't feel like you're missing anything it doesn't feel like anything's been rushed through like i found the pace of the development really nice Mm mm-hmm definitely not too not too fast like because it wasn't and you didn't feel like you had to you have to read like for you yourself Mm. you haven't felt like you had to read the next books no but i i'm interested yeah but you don't have no there's no there's a nice which is really nice kind of conclusion yeah it is it's a self-contained little series but you if you like the characters and you want to you know hear or see or read more stories then there are more to view and I think mm-hmm. the author, were you telling me, has put them up for free during the lockdown so everyone can... Well, they're all on DeviantArt mm. at the moment, but they're unedited on DeviantArt. So certain things change, certain spellings get fixed, uh, th- like uh, voice bubbles and thought bubbles like mightn't be exactly where they are so there is like an editing process that it goes through there's a little bit of a polishing process but um, the author has uh, provided a link to his Dropbox with the first six books so uh, the entirety of Sunstone and the first book of Mercy but I would definitely recommend um, supporting the official publications 
because, you know, if you're enjoying them, then you should probably pay for them. How did the, the structure of everything, like the story itself, affect the turnout, do you think? Considering that this isn't a... It, it's a visual media. It's, it's not kind of the theatre of the mind. Like, you see everything that's going on. Yeah, I just, I'm like, you can't see me, but I have my head tilted to the side and I'm kind of mm-hmm. looking away dreamily, wistfully. It's that kind of artwork. It's fantasy. It's pure, just ethereal, girly beauty with some hardcore sex. And it's combined just wonderfully. I think the the hard and the soft mixture of the two, like the artwork is stunning, but how classy it is, is a whole other level. Like it's classy porn, you know? Oh, it's really... The medium was wonderful. And the story being told the way it was, the way there was a clear cut, like this is the introduction, these are our characters, Mm -hmm. this is the little bit of backstory. And then like like you'd gone through books two and three and four. And by the end, I think it was in four and five, she had started the reconciliation process. Lisa had started her letters to Ali. And, mm-hmm. you know, so that was almost like a little five parter within a five parter. It got a bit inceptiony. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I the, the All variations of the format intrigued me. I, I, I would agree. I, I loved that the reconciliation and how she did it because it kind of swung right back to how they kind of got talking. And that's the thing as well. They were friends to start with. They were friends that had a mutual interest and it went from there. Like, take the BDSM out, take the fetish out, take everything of that out. It's two friends with a mutual interest that grow feelings for each other. Yeah, that, that if I can criticize it for anything, it's the they at the start of this when they arranged their meetup or whatever, there wasn't like mm-hmm. for me anyway, maybe maybe it was different for you, but I didn't get a strong sense of this is a friendship only arrangement. Like there there just didn't seem to be because any Because that's not how Lisa felt about it. But like but nobody it was I was just like <laughs> But why are you just closing the door to anything happening? You know, like it just didn't seem that was the only thing that didn't seem realistic, that they started this out. They agreed to have sex with each other and not to catch feelings. It's just not how human beings work. I, I didn't have your I didn't have your issue with it at all. I was like, okay, I totally get it. I totally get how two people that have spoken and have video chatted and have done all that thing and they kind of go hey let's do this let's experiment because they felt that they had someone with a similar interest to them neither of them with the exception of one incident with lisa when she was younger Mm -hmm. that she doesn't remember the author so kindly tells us um neither of them had had been with another woman so this to them could have been just a safe thing to do. It's not like, you know, as a woman meeting a guy off the internet to get tied up. Like, right yeah. there, wrongly. There's an uncomfortable kind of feeling to that, just kind of thinking about it. But I could totally be like, 
oh yes, I've never actually met this chick before, like in real life, but it's a woman. And guys, serial killers can also be women. Do not do that. Do not get, do not meet people and get tied up for the first time. Um, but I, I can, I, I don't have the, this is a friendship only. I think that it was a case of it never even occurred to them that they could catch feelings from this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I get, I get that. And it is obvious and they, like the narrator, it really explains it well, like how she even felt stupid. At, at one point saying like how yeah. did I not see this coming or whatever and I get the fear mm-hmm. and, and the awkwardness and the strangeness of a new scenario like you say like they're women and they both neither of them have been with women before so maybe they didn't think that there would be feelings involved but I think mm-hmm. that if you're going to start experimenting sexually then you have to have the possibility in mind that it's not just going to stay that way like that's just that's just people man that's our biological responses <laughs> you know what i mean i mean i can see your side i i agree, i disagree you disagree I that do. people that there's a possibility that if you have sex with somebody that you could start feeling for them no i i disagree i dis- i disagree with the inevitability of no like, not, not, like not inevitable no like, we didn't say inevitability we said it seems the like possibility. Your, your little romantic heart is like no the romance no not the romance happen. i'm talking about fucking hormones like when you orgasm oxytocin gets released oxytocin is the love hormone it makes you feel like you're in love with somebody like it's a bonding connective thing that happens so i'm saying strictly clinically <laughs> If we're going to go down that road. The look on her face, guys. It's beautiful. It's so great. I, I do love winding her up a little bit. Just no, you do. It's fantastic. It's so much fun. These are adult uh, ladies and they should know that that's a possibility is all I'm saying. They, the fact that it hadn't occurred to them is understandable, but dumb. These aren't real people. I'm not offending anybody. <laughs> much fun although it did kind of come across like a a bit of a true story like i didn't i didn't look into it too much i just opened it up and how shocked were you to find out that the author was a man oh my god so shocked so shocked so shocked i had no idea i genuinely was so much more impressed he wrote women like he is one like he knows what it's like to be in a woman's shoes and to have those inner monologue thoughts like yeah. The shit he know- I'm kind of like, where is he getting his information from? You know, his wife. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think he. I think his his wife helped him write it, or was a part of the process, or something. Probably a part of the process. I don't know too much about the rest. Like she has a her own comic that's in a similar style. It's not fetish. It's uh, a mad scientist mm-hmm. take on it. Yeah, but um. She 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 does write her own comics. Uh, this guy has written for Top Cow. He is the uh, guy who's written the new Harleen comic for DC. Uh, I know. If you feel like that artwork, it's that it, it it's all that. That's his style. I know. I can't it's wait. Beautiful. I'm definitely reading that just for my own. <laughs> just just, just for me. Yeah. <laughs> just for you. 
what characters did you relate to the most? If any. If any. I don't know. I kind of, because they were all a little bit relatable in, in, in and of themselves. I think maybe, probably Lisa, because she's such an awkward mess. I, I, <laughs> I very much related to her, like, busybodying around the place and, you know, trying to get everyone in the group to get that kind of franticness. Mm. I really liked a lot of them. Like, that I related to. I'd love to be like super cool and be like, oh yeah, I totally related to Anne, the amazing tattoo artist. <laughs> but it's sort of a lie. Uh, and by sort of, I mean hugely a lie. I think Alan and Ali together mm-hmm. would be like the characters I relate to the most because I 100% like get where they're coming from especially in their backstory where they're like it's all or nothing Mm -hmm. I am either totally 100% in on this to the detriment of everything else or I'm just not doing it yeah you're or I just can't do it It, it's an all or nothing an all or nothing kind of gal I really am and I like when I was reading that I was like oh dude (laughs) It's so me, damn it. <laughs> and the like, you don't have any friends. I do have friends. They're all on mine. Leave me alone. <laughs> they still count. They're real people. They're real people at the other side of the screen. Not going to lie. Especially when I was younger. Especially when I was younger. I thought for you, it would be a mixture between Ali and Cassie. I do like Cassie. I, I, ju- She's fun. Just the dynamic that she has with her yeah. partner, I think it, <laughs> it, it looks the, familiar. The cracks and everything. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> jo, I never even considered Cassie. Well, she's kind of minor, so like... Less so in the Mercy arc, because you follow Alan and his significant other. Um, we can't but, remember right now. <laughs> No, I I know who it is, <laughs> but it's a surprise. No spoilers. Because because there's backstory there as well. Oh right, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even get revealed in the book until until much much later. How did you feel about the ending? Now I know we kind of touched on it. Yeah, um, I, I like I like we were saying like it's self-contained, so it did feel mm-hmm. like an a, a conclusion to a story. I liked it. I thought that we were we, we kind of knew what we were getting from the outset. Like we knew that they got married. Well, then I'm going to then I'm going to like judge this question up, guys. <laughs> going off script here. Oh no! <laughs> how did you feel about how we got to the ending we got? Uh, I think that how they got to the end was a really fun little adventure story. It was it was. Mm-hmm. Not your typical boy meets girl classic rom com style. Girl meets girl. girl. Meets girl. Yeah, <laughs> girl falls for girl. Girl has a problem that she's fallen for a girl and can't tell the other girl. It it goes on. <laughs> but how they got there, like I loved, and I'm gonna pick out this as a specific example, the self loathing piece that we were talking about earlier. Like, she fucking owned up to it. She fucked up. She took ownership and went to fix it. And I loved that. I thought that it would have been a completely different story had 
she had just let Ali come to her instead. I think that Ali wouldn't have gone to her. Well, they, there you go. There's it's, our story ended yeah. right now. <laughs> no, definitely because Ali has kind of shown she's not okay with kind of going. Okay, that's done. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go there again because very, very clearly she she misses Lisa and she wants everything to be okay. But in this instance, she kind of did nothing wrong and is really confused as to everything that's going on. So she can't really even make an overture or begin to make an overture. And she sort of half seems to feel that she shouldn't have to make said overture. Alan doesn't help matters over much in that. Like there, there's a best friend rant like, you just met this girl and you're, you're you know, you've, you've caught feelings and, you know, you've done this before and how could you do this again? From the best place, especially because he was going through some shit at the same time. And as per Ali's typical all or nothing, mm-hmm. hadn't spoken to her best friend at that point when she went to him for advice in weeks, according to, to Alan. Like, they may have spoken once or twice, but not like a proper get together. Yeah, You know? Which totally happens when you first meet someone that you're like super into it, it kind of like narrows down to like this teeny, teeny, tiny little pinprick and everything else is ancillary, you know, I'm being looked at like, this isn't a normal thing, but yeah. No, no I'm, I'm just I like, what's the pinprick in this analogy? Like in this analogy, it's um, her relationship with Lisa and coming up with more and more like different elaborate setups for them to for them because that as far as Ali's concerned that's why Lisa's there yeah so she's like no this has to be more bigger better they call it the curve where you always try to one-up yourself and I really like that and I really like their analogy for it that like no you're kind of you're a victim of the curve or you're you're like a slave to the curve or you're you're stuck in the curve where it's like you have you you feel like you have to go more bigger better. So when you're in the BDSM world, this is this is their like take on it that there is this curve that you get so into it that you just get really competitive and go, no, but I can do that, but I can do that with a contraption twice the size with four people this time. You know, you, yeah, the one-upmanship is with yourself and all the crazy yeah. things you can do. Yeah, and I think it's it's not just like specifically for the BDSM, like in this comic, it's 100% for the BDSM community. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, in relationships, there is a curve. Where like, you go out to dinner, you go out to dinner in a movie, you do a walk in the park, then you have to kind of do something a little bit more elaborate every single time. Yeah, yeah, you could say Or that. you feel like you have to do something more elaborate every single time. Yeah, there's the social milestone obligations. Yeah, I think I've been on like five dates. That doesn't mean you can't talk about it. Yeah, like, I don't know. I kind of just fell into a relationship. Like there was very little actual like courting or dating involved. It was more like you. Yes, you. You're mine now. (laughs) On both sides of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I say, you know, you were there. (laughs) Not pushing anything to happen at all. 
no, no, and no kind of not so subtle like nudges or shoves into the middle of like the road or anything. Definitely not. Back when we could, you know, hang out with the, with each other. Good times. Face to face. In person, guys, do you remember what that was like? Speaking of reflections, did did you did you find nice segue? <laughs> Yeah, so, so reflections. reflections on the story as a whole and of, like, the things I mentioned at the start, you know, definitely learned some new things from this. Like, did this story change your perspective on anything or did you learn anything new from it? It made me kind of half realise that while I have an interest in BDSM, probably more of a fetishist. Fetishist? Yeah. It's a fun word to say, guys. (laughs) Fetishist. Than anything else. Because, like, I love the set pieces. Clothes. Like, and the clothes. Oh, God. The clothes that are all designed by Alan in this. You really have to check it out. And they're all latex. And, like, you're there and you're going, oh, my God, this is stunning. And this is amazing. And, of course, they're going to have it in a comic book. But they also go into the fact that, like, they have to be, like, talked and oiled up to actually pull them on. And you get super sweaty in them and, like, they look fantastic, but they're not super practical. Yeah. I love all that. I love all that. And I'm like, huh, maybe I'm a fetishist. Maybe I just love the gear. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Could be a thing. And what about you? Any, Any perspective shifts or... Um, like I learned a little bit more about the different kinds of BDSM play as it were like I think previously I would have thought or you know when I was initially becoming aware of BDSM as a thing that there was only the one type that there was the hardcore you know it was all about Mm -hmm. pain and punishment and banking and whatnot and yeah this kind of like talk it, it explored other kind of forms of play like pet play and pony play and uh, what was the other conversations we have had off air yeah like what was it shibari is that the rope technique the rope hanging technique yeah amazing like totally appreciate that as an art form as a skill i was completely shocked when you were like oh my god this is a thing and i'm i'm so jaded i'm like yeah of course it's a thing Uh, like and then I kind of had to go wait hold up not everyone's experience is the same not everyone's anything is the same so like there is no judgment there is no kink shaming and if someone asks you a goddamn question you answer it yeah you can giggle a little but you have to answer (laughs) the question in seriousness (laughs) well said well said Gaia it but it does like there's talking about the media like we're reading a comic so there was visual mm-hmm. aids here and so yeah. to see a contraption and what it looks like with people in it and 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 the workings and kind of how yeah. you know how an audience would look at it in a show that kind of perspective was really really interesting yeah because you can read about people being suspended from the roof by rope and like unless it's it's a very very descriptive book that goes into the types of knot and the types of hold and whether it's like a dove pose or a turtle pose or a frog pose and i'm getting looks right now but unless they actually go into those descriptions 
you very much only have your mind to inform what that is. Or Google. Or Google. Safe search. But that's a whole mm, yeah, optional. That's that's a bit <laughs> tricky to navigate, I think. Wikipedia is a bit safer, mm-hmm. actually. You know? And if you're okay with what you're reading there, maybe then do a deeper dive, you know? Because it's, san- it's quite sanitized on, on Wikipedia, if there's anything that you have questions about. But here we go. Tangents, guys. Tangents. We're really good yeah. at them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your perspective about things. You, you enjoyed seeing what these things Yeah. Were. Like, there was one contraption. I don't know what it was called, but it was like, imagine a rocking horse. And two people were on this rocking horse back to back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they were back to back. And but no, I'm getting an I'm getting no, a shaking head. They, they were they front were front to front. front. Okay, so they were front to front and they were like cinched together with what I'm gonna call a onesie corset. <laughs> to make this a little bit more descriptive, uh two subs on I get, yeah, a rocking horse is a really apt description. It looks to be like some form of a uh, Sibian or Sibian. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. As soon as you said it, I was like, yep. <laughs> uh, it look, Yeah, it looks to be a type of one of those. And as you say, they're cinched together at the head and at the waist. Or are you thinking about the one where they're together at the head or they're just tied together by the corset? No, I think it's the corset. They're tied together by the corset. I love how we're both like grabbing at our waists trying to describe this. <laughs> corset is very comfortable <laughs> but just the you know the the body language of yeah. it all yeah so where they're grabbed at oh, the yeah. waist they're cinched at the waist with this kind of one corset holding the two of them in mm-hmm. and they're i think they're both wearing ball gags at the- yeah so they get that's what i'm thinking they get connected yeah. in a later panel and you just get this gorgeous splash page of them together on this thing and they have their legs posed so they're very much kind of pelvis forward Mm -hmm. being held together and i think it's vibrating as well is it yeah the rocking or the part that they're sitting on yeah that's what a sibian is (laughs) i'm fascinated by this device i'd never seen one before i'd never heard about it i'm just like they don't look like that they don't look like that uh... really it's more like a there are different like attachments that you can get, but it in practice it's like a a dome, or if, if you cut a cylinder in half, yeah, yeah, um, and then you sit on that, and then there's like protruding devices. Oh, you see, yeah. I just like it. It com- it it didn't so, so much change my perspective on anything, but it opened my eyes to a whole new yes. world. <laughs> <laughs> And at least the illustrations are pretty. And I had and I had a little bit of what you had. Like I was thinking of, you know, I do enjoy the clothes. The fetishist aspect was like, yes. oh, I hadn't considered mm-hmm. that, but I do, I do enjoy that aspect. The dressing up mm-hmm. part, the making it yeah. an event, the theater, the theater exactly, the theatrics. Yeah, darling, yes. darling very very much into that so we come to our ratings oh yes our ratings okay so do you want to hit us off with your literary writing what are we calling it the book writing 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a solid four and a half. I want to give it a five, but I always think there's room for improvement. Maybe four and three quarters. Four point seven five. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like most of the stars, most of that star is filled in. There's just like a teeny tiny little sliver. Um. No, I I love this. I I really do, yeah. and I think it's a really really ex- accessible uh, way to see if it's your thing because yeah. first and foremost the story is a rom-com it's a romance with a bit of added spice yeah if you took out the bdsm side to it you get the exact same story yeah and they kind of it's like what i was saying before they kind of make a point yeah. of saying that as well, like in the in the kind of book four and book five, how how the story has evolved to be this love story instead of a BDSM story. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I think you're slightly misremembering. Uh, because Lisa is a writer in her story as well and has published stories online. And they use the device of... Um, Alison and Lisbeth as like essentially a, a, a fanfic of themselves. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they're not not specifically talking about the device that she uses, but more that the mm. how the how the story develops. Like I wouldn't say it's completely. I mean, it is completely a love story, but it's kind of a two-parter. I'm very confused here. It, it's if it, I'm trying to say like the first part of it is more more so the BDSM aspect, and it's it's not a straight up love story then, but it does become one, and she kind of oh no, what I'm mirrors. saying is that if you read that if you read the comics mm-hmm. right, but instead of it being BDSM, it was comic books that got them together. Like mm-hmm. I think. The, the BDSM side of it, it's very important in this particular story, but it's a classic story of friends to lovers. Yeah, yeah, no, I see what you mean. Um, but in saying that, like, the visuals are stunning and the story is so well written. And yeah, it does have, like, a few tangents and it introduces a lot of characters. But you like most of the characters, you know, yeah. there are some that you don't like, and there's one that you're not supposed to like. I feel. Um, there's a girl that you meet that you're just, I, I don't like her because she's a closed minded bigot. Oh, that girl. Yeah. Not, I, oh, I know who you're talking about. No, I, I don't, I don't mind who, who you're thinking of. I, I really don't. I think she's an unfortunate addict. Are you thinking you, of who are you thinking Marion? I think you're thinking of Marion. The, wa- the waitress friend. Of? Oh no, I I, I like she her. She was the bigot though, or we thought she was a bigot up until the very end. Oh no, I mean, having read the entire series, um, there's a girl who causes Alan specifically trouble. Oh yeah, in college, and comes back into the story at this later date and is a bit of an ass and 
I just can't get behind that, but I don't think we're supposed to. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're supposed to like her. I think she's just a... F- I thought you meant Marion. No. I think... Who? I just felt bad yeah, for her. Yeah. Mostly just bad for her. I didn't think we were supposed to not I, like her. I didn't. Oh, that's why I was really confused. Because I was like, is that who you're thinking of? I didn't realise you were talking about the waitress friend. Um, no, I, I like, uh, to go slightly off topic. Tangent! Her, th- this, like, minor bit of the storyline is sort of almost a cautionary tale of diving too deep too quick and chasing the high. Because that's what she does and could have ended very very badly has left multiple characters traumatized mm-hmm. by what happens I'm not going to spoil it read it <laughs> do, uh, do read it like would recommend to a friend and many acquaintances already have <laughs> <laughs> so what's your smut rating I, then give us your smut well hold up what's what's your literary oh rating? i was laughing internally as you were struggling with the 4.7 out of 5 uh, thing yeah. because I was like <laughs> it's almost perfect but not quite yeah. like I like the writing I think he's a great character writer and mm-hmm. this is, he writes women he writes so women well. incredibly well but and I don't know if this is just an editing thing but like grammatically there's there's not that much text in it so I don't really allow for comic book text mistakes like I didn't notice any but then I'm dyslexic yeah. so I probably wouldn't so, I, so uh, for that reason I was straight up a four and a half out of five the the story okay. was great the characters were great the the writing was great I just so there were some editing issues that you you noticed but that's not with him that's with yes the spelling and grammar there was a few there was a few mistakes like there was a few big mistakes okay if i i will give everyone a heads up if that is a problem that you have don't read the version of it that you can find online because there are a lot of spelling mistakes some i noticed and that doesn't happen very often yeah so like you say like just it's it's uploaded in its full format on deviantart right or the uh, full edited, edited no. version or unedited? No, no, no. Most most of it's there. Yeah, I suppose. So just keep an eye out for that and like allow for it. I suppose. So I give it a four and a half out of five. Then for <laughs> that reason, because like of the editing issues and like you say, there's always a little bit that can be improved upon. Yeah, you know? like if I ever give anything a five out of five, it's. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever do, actually, no, it's not gonna happen. Forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. There's always room for improvement, even with the best things. Like, you can personally enjoy it, but, like, mm, I don't know. Anyway, it's a pessimist in me. Like, there's only so much rose colored glasses to go around, and I just didn't get any. Um, <laughs> how about your smut rating? Smut rate. Oh, the smut was great. Um, mm-hmm. Probably, probably give it a four and a half as well because it was graphic and it was descriptive and got a lot of the aftercare which isn't technically smut but like tender smut kind of i don't know that could be smut if that's your thing that's your smut yeah 
I liked I liked that it was all inclusive, you know, that it wasn't just a straight shot into like this is the sex. You got the lead up and you got the during and then you got the after. And I liked mm-hmm. the editing of the smut. You know, there was a few points in it where she was talking about like, oh, I'm going to skip the orgasm because you've heard a description of an orgasm a million times before. There's only so many mm-hmm. variations of mind blowing that it can be, but got around that in different ways, which I appreciated. It was creative, creative smut. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, there could have been, there could have been a bit more. I would give it a three and a half for smut. It's really difficult for me because romance doesn't really do it for me. Sure. <laughs> I know, I know this is like a sin if you're reading romance novels and things like that, but romantic sex doesn't really do it for me if that's what I'm reading. You know, in real life, sure, it's got its place. But if I'm sitting down to read a smutty book or a smutty comic or smuttiest of fan fictions, then that's what I want. As far as what was there, it was beautiful. It was absolutely stunning. And if romance does it for you, this is really where it's at. Like, as Zoe was saying, there's super tender moments in it. They have the, oh, oh shit, this is fucked up. And they laugh about it. And you have the awkwardness. And like, it, it's beautiful. It's really, really well done. It just didn't do it for me. This is so funny because you were uh, just saying how you're an all or nothing kind of gal. Like it wasn't, there. Mm-hmm. Wa- it wasn't like full on smut is what I'm getting from you. Like, it wasn't. And no, it doesn't have to be hentai. But if I'm reading like a BDSM comic and I realise that with this publication, it's never, it was never, ever, ever going to be super hardcore. Mm-hmm. And maybe when I first started reading this years ago, it did it for me. But people change. And horizons expand. Yeah. You get jaded. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you, one gets jaded. <laughs> <laughs> Not Zoe, who loves her romance. I do. I love a bit of romance. I, I, I think romance has its place, but it, if you're fucking, you're fucking. Yeah, no. I, again, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Like, it wasn't full on, which is why I didn't give it five out of five. But it was, it was lovely, and it was hot. Like, there were some hot moments. Oh yeah, no, there there were definitely some some very hot moments. And it was a real relationship, which was wonderful. All the relationships are real relationships. Yeah. Which is why I thought it was like based on a true story. I'm still baffled. I'm like, these are real rela- <laughs> like this could really happen. <laughs> and who knows? May- maybe they are and we we don't know. But as far as I know, it's all fiction. And which makes it so much more impressive. Would you read more from this author? Oh yeah, no, absolutely I would. So you're going out now to, to Amazon to buy all of the the Superman comics and the Aquaman comics and Harley. Not gonna lie, I already have my Amazon open with the Harleen on it. <laughs> that button's getting pushed right after this. Woo. Thank you, Mr. Sedgwick. Everyone support the original author, support all of the official releases, and 
I hope you all have a wonderful evening. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, on that note, we may we may say goodbye. Bid bid you adieu. I thought you were gonna say bye, bitches. <laughs> Peace out, biatch. <laughs> See you. Bye. Bye bye.